My name is Brian. If we haven't met, good to meet you. Now, I have a question. Who's excited for tomorrow? <laughs> I can just feel the anticipation in the room. Yeah, unless you've been living under a rock or maybe you live in a van down by the river, you understand that something is happening tomorrow that's extremely rare in, in our culture. And if you've been paying attention, which I'm sure some of you have, you, you're going to be arranging your day tomorrow to, to watch what's going to happen uh, outside. Because you know tomorrow afternoon, we're going to experience a high degree of darkness around uh, 2.30-ish. And, it's, we're gonna, and if, if you look at the sky, you, you could be blinded. I've heard that too. But you, you're going to see what we call a solar eclipse. And almost a total one here. I think we actually get 94% according to the people who do that kind of stuff. But 94% coverage of the moon at its... At, at the right angle, blocking the sun from being able to shine its rays on us from the vantage point of our state, which I think is pretty cool, but it's pretty stinking rare too. And it's why people in the state, let's say Oregon, where it's going to start and come across the country, some people I heard have booked hotel rooms in advance four years ago because they cannot wait to see this. I've, I've heard of parks already saying, if you don't get here early, you're not gonna get an opportunity to, to see this, this phenomenon that's gonna be happening tomorrow. And the reason why people would say, hey, I'm gonna book a hotel room four years in advance is because it's so rare. They can't wait to see it. And I just thought, and, and preparation, because I want you guys to be prepared. Being prepared is so important. I thought, I, in just a second, I want to prepare you for this. I'm going to show you an image of what you might see tomorrow. But because you don't have the special glasses on that cost a million dollars now, you need to make sure you don't look directly at this. So kind of give it this sideways look because I don't want you to be blinded and be responsible for that. So I already told you. So here it is on the screen. Look at it. Okay, now turn away. Take it out. Take it down. Take it down. So that's happening tomorrow uh, afternoon. And again, a lot of you already know about that. So my disclaimer is don't look directly into it because it could hurt and it could damage your sight. But with that in mind, you might be like, why, why is he talking about solar eclipses? Uh, because my message is not about solar eclipses today, but I, I, I'm talking about the rarity of the solar eclipse and how the rarity of the solar eclipse is much like the rarity of what we're going to be talking about this morning. And what, what, what we're really going and, and where I want us to, to really wrap our minds around is how rare is it that someone motivates us toward acts of love and good works? I want you to think about this for a second. Is there anybody in your life right now that motivates you toward acts of love and good works. Now, hopefully, you, if you've been around here for a while, you may put me in that category. I don't know. I, I, I try. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I'm up here today. I, wanna, I do want to motivate you to acts of love and good works. But I, I started thinking about that. There's not a lot of people who are trying to get me to go love other people and do good things. Now, we understand motivation in the sense that there are plenty of people that want to motivate us to accomplish a goal. Whether it be a, a personal goal or a goal to help them accomplish something. And you understand this if you're a boss, right? You, you're in charge of people or, or you, you manage even, even volunteers. You understand what it's like to be in charge. You are, are wanting to motivate the people that either work for you or volunteer for you to accomplish certain objectives. 
There are certain standards you have, like you want them to be on time, right? I mean, that's generally something that's important to a boss, be on time. So that's not a bad thing, right? But it doesn't necessarily fit in the category of where we're going today. And maybe you're an employee and you work for somebody and there's someone who's in authority over you. And at some point, we all have someone in authority over us. And they have goals. As an employee, you have a goal that your boss would consider other ideas because sometimes bosses can just kind of be uh, stuck in what they're doing. And they need employees that come come up with good ideas to make things better. And that's not really bad either. It's good to have people that want to make things better to accomplish either a goal for someone individually or for, for, for someone else. And then you have teachers, right? Teachers, you're about to go back. Like you're about to really dive into this whole school year. And you have goals for your students. You hope that your students have good academic performance. And some of you are just like, I just wish they would listen. Like that's like the, the start goal. Just, just, just stop talking. Yeah, but, but you, you have goals because you want your students to achieve everything they can possibly achieve. You want to help them hit that top level. And that's not a bad thing. It's just not necessarily where we're talking about today. And then you may, have a, you may be a coach or, or, or you have a coach and coaches, they want to help their team work together as a team because they know that you're better together. And so a coach is, is working hard to motivate their team to work together, to like each other, and, and, and to want to move toward a common goal. Not a bad thing, but it's not necessarily motivating people toward acts of love and good works. And then you may be, you may be single, you know, you may be single and ready to mingle. Who knows? Um, you, you, I mean, like you're ready, you're ready, or maybe you're in a relationship with somebody and you, you want it to go to the next level and you're trying to motivate your significant other to make a greater level of commitment to you. That's not a bad thing at all. Most of the time, um, that's not a bad thing at all. If this is the right person, but it's not necessarily what we're talking about today. You may, you may be a parent and you just want your kids to listen and clean their room or just to help you around the house. You just, just, just pick up your, your shoes. I keep tripping over them and I'm gonna hurt myself. And, and, and please just pick up your shoes. And that's not a bad thing to, to wanna motivate them to, but it's not necessarily what we're talking about today. And you may be a kid and you wanna motivate your parents to let you go out with your friends. And that's not a bad thing to do. It's just not necessarily what we're talking about today. And you may be a, a, a wife and you wanna motivate your husband to do the list that you have, like this honeydew list you have. And you're like, I just need you to do a few things. And you've got this list. And it's not necessarily a bad thing to wanna motivate them to do that, but it's not necessarily what we're talking about today. And husbands, you may want to motivate your wives to, well, you know, um, well, we won't go into all that because that talk, that talk is for another day. But, but you want something, and it's not necessarily what we're talking about today, to motivate others to acts of love and good works. So why is this so important? Why would it be so important for us to, to, to kind of say, hey, we, we need a different kind of motivation in our culture. I think if we just stop for a second and consider some of the things that have happened in the last week, there would be enough cases made that today's message is vitally important to you and to me. Just, just we know, last week in Charlottesville, we saw some really horrific things happen. I've, I've watched videos, I've read accounts, and I'm like, it's hard for me to believe that like, this is our country. Like, this is what's happening. This is what people are, are living for. And the amount of racism that still exists is, is disgusting and disturbing to me. And I don't know, for me, what that's going to mean long term. But as, uh, for my position and for my platform, 
I'm going to do everything I can do to help people, not judge people on the basis of their skin color. To me, I'm like, wow, this is eye-opening. But this stuff is still happening on that level. And I, and, and I just, to me, it's like, wake up, Brian. You need, you need to, I'm not sure exactly what it is yet, but you need to do more to bring awareness to this is not right. And we're not going to stand for it as a church and as a community. Or, or maybe this past Thursday, you saw what happened in Barcelona where a terrorist decided to drive a van into a group of people who were just out on the streets. I'm not okay with that. Yet, that's a very real and present danger in this world. And I think we have an opportunity as a church and as a community and as a people to make it so much better by putting into action what we're going to talk about this morning. And this morning, we're going to look at one verse. And I like the simplicity of one verse because I'm simple and, and I can't sometimes wrap my mind around a lot of different concepts being crammed in my face, but I can certainly wrap my mind around one verse. And so I'm hoping you get to do the same. And the thing I, I really like about this verse is we kind of sang about this this morning. When we were singing the songs we were singing, it was kind of like a picture of everything that was written prior to this verse in this book of the Bible that we're going to talk about. And the book we're going to be in this morning is the book of Hebrews. And the writer of Hebrews is writing all about what Jesus has done for me and what Jesus has done for you by dying on the cross, by making a way that we can approach God openly without having to jump through a bunch of hoops. To me, that's so stinking refreshing that I don't have to do a bunch of things on a list and go through a bunch of rituals to be able to be right with God and to approach God. And the writer of Hebrews is saying, hey, this is your new position when you've received Christ. And he writes the verse that we're about to look at with this in mind. But in addition to it, you may say, you know what, maybe you haven't received Jesus yet. Maybe you don't know him as your Savior. You just haven't taken that step. You can still put into action the principles of what we'll be talking about this morning. And in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24, we see these incredible words. He writes, in light of your position in Jesus, in light of the fact that you've been forgiven, in light of the fact that you can approach God openly without having to jump through a bunch of hoops and have to do a bunch of rituals, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good deeds. And as I hear those words, there's just not a lot of people around me, and I'm sure there's not a lot of people around you, who are taking in the time to motivate, motivate you to acts of love and good deeds. And I start thinking about the first part of this verse. Let us think. Let us think. Now, on the surface, that sounds easy because we think all the time. Our brain is constantly firing thoughts. And it sounds like, oh, yeah, I can think about ways to do this. But let's be honest. How many of us would say that life is going really fast? And maybe, maybe, maybe this. I, I, I'm asking for participation here. How many of us would say that we've said we're just too busy? Just like, like, like to even think. We're just too busy. Some of you are lying. Some people are like this. It's like, that's not a shameful thing. All of us have said we're too busy. 
We've got so much going on. There's so much demanding our time. Adulting is hard. Being a kid is hard. There's a lot in our culture that demands our attention and that, that's, that's pulling us in. And so to think and to stop and to step back and go, you know, I'm going to step back from where I am now. I'm going to think about my life, let alone think about someone else. It's extremely hard because whether we like it or not, we're a pretty narcissistic culture and we're pretty self-motivated, or pretty self-focused. But he says, let us think of ways to motivate. I cannot help, and this is an old reference, I can't help but think, I'm a motivational speaker. I, I can't help but go there. But there's so much richness contained in this phrase. There's so much richness in the, the original language this was written in Greek. There's so much that is brought out that's so much bigger than the idea of just motivation. Because when we think of motivate, I just kind of think of a, a coach. But this, this is so much more. This is, this is a person inciting someone to action. This is, this is a provoking someone to action. It's spurring someone on to action. And if you've ever seen a spur, spurs are pointy. And if you ever get stuck by a spur, it hurts. Ask any horse who's ever been ridden by a rider with spurs on their boots. They would tell you, nay, I don't want them to do that to me. Because when, when you stick, when you, they, the spurs are stuck in the side of the horse, the idea is the horse goes, move forward. And the idea is conveyed here that our responsibility, if we've received Jesus, is to think about ways to spur people on, to provoke people on, to incite them to action. There is passion contained in this verse, and I love it. But I don't see it happening very often. And then he gives us specific things to motivate people to. Good works and acts of love, or acts of love and good works. And I want to talk about acts of love first. Because... Love is a word that gets used and thrown around flippantly in our society. We just, oh, I love popcorn, you know, especially when it's salted and when it has caramel on it. And I, it's like, it just love, love, love. I, I, love, I love tacos. I mean, it's just like, it just goes on and on and on. And love can be, it's, I love him or I love her. It, it just has a lot of different connotations to it. But the love here is a very sacrificial love. It's a brotherly love. It's a family type love. It's a love that says you before me. And so the writer is saying, let us think, let us take time, let us step back from it. I'm too busy. And let us go think of ways that we can push people on to say, I'm going to love someone sacrificially and then do good works. Good works being things that are admirable, being things that are honorable, that, things that people look at and go, wow. That's really cool. And it doesn't necessarily have to be something big and outlandish and out front. It could be even as something as simple as setting up this environment here in this school. And, and, and it's amazing because it transforms into this environment on Sundays that I just go, wow, we get to be a part of this. And I'm thankful, so thankful for the people who are 
dedicated to doing that because of what I see happening and what I'm going to get to even share with you this morning. And then I've thought about, hey, what are ways that we can be intentional as parents, Brooke and I over the years, what are ways that we can be intentional as, parent, as parents and spurring our kids on to, to acts of love and good deeds and to love God and live for Him? How can we do that? And one of the things that we came up with, it's not the only thing, but one of the things we came up with is all of our kids are getting older, right? Because we, we just do get older. And 13 is a big year. Right? Because you move from being a kid to a teen. And you know, if you're a boy, your voice is changing. And it's kind of cool to see all that happen. And so my, my two sons now are past that age. And my daughter Mia turned 13 on August the 3rd. And we did for her what we did for them. And we actually reached out to some of our, our friends and family. And we said, hey, we want you, if you would, to take time to write letters to Mia. To encourage her. To motivate her to spur her on, to incite her, to help her know her value in Jesus Christ, and then to ultimately live it out, which is to do acts of love and good works. And so she's got a box of letters, and I've read through some of these, and it's like, wow, some of these people wrote things that are incredible, that she expects me to say, or maybe I haven't said, that they've now come alongside her, and they've, they've served as other voices to propel her along in her faith. And it's just one of the ways we've chosen to do that as parents. And I have pictures of Mia for, from her 13th birthday party. You can check them out right here. Yeah, that's when we're singing and she's doing her fingers like that. And then I have another picture of her serving. Yeah, and sometimes she runs uh, screens in here. She also serves in kid, our kids' ministry. And she also serves with our setup and teardown ministry. She's 13. And I love the fact that she has an environment and an opportunity to do that to make a difference, and then hopefully herself motivate others toward love and good deeds. We think so much of the next generation. We love middle school students, high school students. We love the next generation. We love that they're coming up into college students, and so many of them are serving now as college students in this, in this church and what we're doing here in Jamestown, that we recently were able to hire an impact director. And so we hired a guy named Paxson Hammond. Some of you guys know him. And I'm going to invite him to the stage to tell us a little bit about impact and what he's doing. So give it up for Paxson Hammond. Paxson, uh, Paxson has his family here, I noticed. Oh, yeah. Isn't that sweet? Thanks, guys. Yeah. They're all waving at you, or at least some of them are. Now they're all waving at you. They felt the pressure. There's so much pressure. Oh, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. Yeah? Yeah. So uh, I won't um, get us off track here because I can do that pretty easily. Have you noticed that about me? No. Okay, good. Thanks for being nice to me. Um, so I want you to tell us a little bit about your Impact history. So I actually came to Impact about 12 years ago. Um, yeah, in about 2005. And I was there as a student for a while, but then Brian came along and actually encouraged me to start serving. And he asked if I wanted to play the drums in the band because he learned I can play drums. He didn't know I was bad at it, but... That actually turned into another opportunity to where I still wanted to stay on production, but I was bad at drums. So I went to behind the tech board, and I started doing lights, and that actually turned into something amazing. And I'm still doing tech today because of that, because Brian encouraged me to serve. Um, but eventually, I wanted more, and I became a small group leader to a sixth grade small group. 
And it was a whole new reason to stay. They looked up to me. Um, they wanted to hear what I had to say, and they wanted me to be there for them. And um, that really kind of turned my perspective on impact in a different way. Yeah, I, so I didn't say this at the 10 o'clock service, but I'm going to say it at the 1130. Okay. You, <laughs> my son, so you made such a good connection with those young men. My son, Matt, was actually disappointed that you wouldn't be able to lead his small group anymore because you were accepting this job. So he's, he's been kind of mad at me for that. So I, I don't know what to do with that. Can you give me some advice as an impact director? I'm just kidding. I'm just messing. I'm just messing. <laughs> he's like, you're going off script. This is not right. Stop it. I don't sound like that. Yeah, you don't sound like that at all. <laughs> um, so what made you decide to accept the Jamestown uh, impact position? So from what you've kind of already noticed, I'm different than most youth directors you've seen. I'm kind of, I'm not as outwardly expressive. I kind of analyze things. I'm not really one to jump in and dance and sing, whatever. But I'm not that kind of person. And it's not bad to be like that, but I've noticed people like that attract people like that. Um, so maybe I would be able to attract people like me or students that normally wouldn't connect with leaders like that um, in a ministry like this, as well as having other leaders around me that are more diverse and can help me in ways where I'm weak there. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, and I'm still blown away that you... When I came to lead Impact in Kernersville, you were in seventh grade. So it's just, I, we don't know what God is doing as we look back. Like I, I didn't know as a seventh grader by me encouraging you to play the drums that you would be here today doing what you're doing now. And I think it's just, in light of what we're talking about this morning, you're a great illustration of that. Um, that wasn't even initially the intent of you being up here, but... I'm just sitting here in this moment going, wow, this is really cool for me to get to be a part of. It makes, it makes me so glad, and I just speak personally, that I've stuck and been committed to being a part of this church family for a long time because I, otherwise I would have missed out on moments like this. So that's a little side note that I wanted to communicate to you, but really cool stuff. So tell us about what your current plans are for Impact. So for impact right now, I am gathering leaders who want to make positive impacts in the lives of children, which I'll talk more about later. Um, and if you can imagine what we do for groups here, if you're in a circle up group, which is awesome, you should do that if you're not. Uh, we meet together, we do life together, uh, we hang out, we have fun. And I want to do something similar to that for impact, but it would be multiple groups like high school guys, middle school guys, high school girls, middle school girls. And um, they would do life together. They would have fun and they would be there for each other. Yeah. Yeah. We definitely, uh, we recognize that there's a void in our culture with other voices being there for the next generation. And I sit back and even think when I was 13 or, or middle school or high school, because I'm, I'm kind of stuck in this idea of 13 just because I just talked about my daughter. I I didn't have very many people come alongside me, uh, inspire me or trying to help me, motivate me, spur me on to do something uh, any more than live for myself and reach my own goals or help them reach their goals. And so I'm thankful for that. Uh, speak a little bit about what you're looking for in your impact leadership. So with leaders, I'm looking for someone that can understand when something's a big deal to a teenager that isn't a big deal to us. Like if someone said, 
something like, uh, I don't know, you're dumb. You're not dumb, I'm sorry. But that well, could... I have noticed that my torso is short because you look like a giant compared to me, and we're about the same height. Uh, whoops. It's like, it's like, like mini me over here. We oh. like the same. Anyways, um, right. no, I've been looking. That's a distraction. It's, sorry. It's okay. So I've been looking for people that really want to be there for people through their highs and lows. Um, and people that can kind of look back in their own teenage years and realize what might be a big deal to them as a student won't be a big deal to us, but that doesn't mean we should treat it like it's something small. We still need to care for them when they're going through everything. And also when leaders show up unexpectedly in the lives of students. And I think a good illustration of that is uh, I played a lot of soccer when I was younger. And what my dad would do is, like a, the typical dad, he would take me to soccer practices like I would expect. But what I didn't expect was he was at every single game. It didn't matter if it was 4 p.m. on a Tuesday and it was in Asheville. He was there. He made a point to be there and show me that I was a priority. And I want people that can show that they are a priority um, to the kids or the kids are a priority to them. Yeah, so I have four kids that are involved in either sports or, or dance or whatever. And as a dad, they expect me to be there. Like, when my, and I, if you're a parent out there, your kids don't applaud you for showing up at their events, right? I mean, they're, they're happy to see you, but they don't, dad, I'm, yes. I mean, typically they're not, if you've been engaged, they're not typically applauding you for that. But when a person that's not related to them shows up and their lives unexpectedly, that means so much. Uh, and, and I think that's what you're hoping to develop with a team of leaders. Right, I even actually had some leaders show up to some soccer games and even though I was shy and didn't want to say much, I was so happy they were there, it meant the world to me. And um, actually those same leaders that showed up to those games, I'm still in contact with today. Um, that's how much they cared. Yeah, I actually saw you play soccer before. Thank you. You, you know, you're welcome. Uh, that's what I was going for. I wanted the credit. Uh, so, one of the things that was so fun, too, is he ended up coaching a group of kids with me that involved my sons over the last couple of years when uh, they played soccer. So it's kind of cool to see that, that whole circle. That was a lot of fun. Anyway, uh, my last question for you is, what's next for Impact in Jamestown? Because people want to know. So other than those groups, which I'm hoping will meet weekly, and they'll, you know, do fun things other than just meet, maybe go carowinds, bowling, paintball, stuff like that. Um, we're actually having a event, kind of a little meet and greet at the uh, Grandover Pool, which is the 27th, so next Sunday, that's 4 to 7. And if you're a student or you're a leader or you want to be a leader or you're a parent, I mean, feel free to come, ask questions. We're all going to be there. I'd love to just meet you. But uh, other than that, we're also going to do large events, hopefully quarterly, kind of like church on, and uh, I'm going to go off script again and say church on crack. I changed it to steroids, but um, it wasn't as funny. So, so church on crack. Now, are you saying that crack is good? No. Okay. I'm okay. not. Okay, crack is we'll, good. we'll leave that alone right there because hopefully none of these people are on crack right now, but I do know it's an epidemic in our culture. So, so we'll, um, maybe it'd be better. Church is better than crack. Maybe, maybe that's it. How about church on caffeine? Oh, man. Thanks, How about Red. Monster? All right, we'll stop while we're ahead. Okay, okay go ahead. Red Bull. Um, 
Uh, oh, the other thing I wanted to point out was I also want to get into serving projects. So uh, students actually love to serve if you give them the opportunity. Uh, they want to get their hands dirty. They want to do things. They want to help people. You just have to provide it for them. And the interesting thing is they grow more than the people they're helping most of the time. I see the students really um, gravitate towards stuff like that and to each other and help each other grow in those areas. So I really want to start more serve, pro serve projects as well for the students. Uh, I'm sure Brandon Hecox, our serve director, loves to hear that. So I know he'll be talking to you. I want to say, too, I, I respect you a lot for opening opportunities for the next generation to serve with the tech team already. Uh, and I have a couple kids that do that. And uh, it, it's helping them to grow. So thank you so much for motivating them. With that said, I want to pray for you. So we're going to, you and I are going to stand up. They're going to stay seated. And I'm going to pray for you now. Um, but I appreciate all that you're doing. And I look forward to what's going to happen. So let's pray. God, thank you so much for Paxton. And I thank you that back even 11 and 12 years ago, before that even, you knew that this moment was going to come. You knew that you had a bigger platform for him to motivate other people toward acts of love and good deeds. And God, I pray that you would continue to remind him of who he is in Christ Jesus, that he is forgiven, that he is free, that you love him, that you are for him, that you are present with him. And God, as he moves forward, I pray as the enemy seeks to oppose him, that you would help him to continue to, to press forward knowing that he's not alone and to help him be a light in a dark place. We thank you for the opportunity we have in Jamestown to take next steps because of people like Paxton stepping into this leadership role. And I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Paxton. So that's just one example of what we have going on here with, with we having a director for our impact ministry to motivate other people to uh, love and good works. And I have just a couple of things I want to say, and, and I want to land our time here quickly, so I'm going to move fast. We have a, a couple attending our church right now, and I want to tell you a little bit about their story. Um, the, the wife... Her name is Sheila, and she was invited to attend our services back when we first launched. We launched back in March of 2016. So we, we've been in existence. We're like a year and a half old. We're still sucking our thumb a little bit here in Jamestown. But <clears throat> the, she was invited, and she started to attend our services. You guys have created a great environment where she came in like, wow, I want this to be my church. Well, she started inviting her husband, and he was like, I'm not going to Ragsdale. That's a school. I'm not going to church there. But... Over time, he, he softened his stance, and by December, he decided to come to our Christmas services. Since then, he's missed once. He's been here every Sunday. That's like better than a lot of us. I mean, it's like, wow, this guy really bought in to what's happening here. And you may have seen them on stage in one of our services back in May. At the end of May, they had their 34th wedding anniversary. They both attended Ragsdale. They met in the hallways here at Ragsdale. You never know. You could make your connection here. Your love connection could be right here at Ragsdale High School. But they met. And he asked me if he could present her flowers on the stage of the place where they met 34 years ago. And so I said, yeah, we're going to make that happen because that's cool. And so there's a picture of them right here, Ron and Sheila Kaiser. Um, and Ron presenting flowers to his wife, and just an incredible moment. But I, I bring him up because 
Recently, he sent me an email saying he wants to be baptized on September 17th, where we're doing our next baptism. And the reason he wants to be baptized is he's been inspired, he's been motivated being in this environment that many of you have poured time and effort and energy and sweat and tears into. And I just want you to know your efforts are not in vain. And this week I said, hey, Ron, what motivated you to take your next step? And he had shared some of those things, but then he wrote me some specific words. He says, you yourself have motivated me. I'm finally a part of a church where I feel like I'm part of a family. Love that. I look forward to this each week and I leave with, with a positive feeling and uplifted spirit each time. Time and time again, I share this with many of my friends. So here he is, he's trying to motivate other people. I love it. He's putting into action what was given to him, hoping they get the opportunity to visit and become a part of something that is so uplifting. You all that have been a part of creating this environment have a part in his story and we'll get to celebrate it September 17th. I wanna say awesome job. A couple questions I have for you in light of what we've talked about today is whom do you motivate or are you currently motivating toward love and good works? And in light of what we've talked about this entire series, what does love require of you? What does love require of me? And the big idea that I hope you take away from what we're doing this morning is love requires me to love others and to motivate others to love. To love others and to motivate others to love. To bring people along for the motivational party to love others. And never in my life has this become so important. There's, there's certain moments that happen, you know, like what we've seen happen in Charlottesville or Barcelona and things that are happening every day. People around the world are being mistreated every day for ridiculous reasons, and it bothers me. I've brought this up recently. There are, there are slaves that, that are being sold. People, human people are being sold for horrible purposes in our world. Millions of people. It should not be. And I hope as a church and as a community that, that we would continue to fight that tide by doing the things that we're doing here at the Summit Church in Jamestown. And I want to say one, one thing that happened in my life personally this past week is my aunt passed away. And my aunt, um, she, she had cancer and she passed away Wednesday. And I got a text from my mom, hey, your aunt passed away. And the thing about it that was so disturbing is my aunt openly rejected Jesus um, throughout her life. And I think I, unless something miraculous happened, she, she died not knowing Jesus. That bothers me. Like sometimes I wonder, could I have done something more? And, and, and I don't know, maybe I could. But I just wanna say that death has a way of making us think about the things that matter. Death has a way of making us go, what really matters in my life? Do I really wanna say I'm too busy to do the things that are most important? And it was so, such a contrast of experiencing that on Wednesday. And then Thursday, I have coffee with a college student who's, who's attended here a few times in this environment that a lot of you have been responsible for creating. And he said, I want to talk to you about baptism. And so we, we met at the Starbucks Palladium, and we're sitting down talking about baptism. And, and I said, well, before we talk about baptism, do you know Jesus? Have you received Jesus as your Savior? And he's like, well, no. He said, uh, would you tell me more about that? So I told him what Jesus came to do. And how he can receive Jesus and he can have, be forgiven of his sins and he can have purpose in this life now. And while we were at the Starbucks Palladium, this college student prays to receive Jesus. And I'm like, this wouldn't be possible had a lot of you not created this environment 
where he heard Jesus or heard about God being presented in a different way to where his ears were opened and his eyes were opened. And he might now be getting baptized on September 17th. And I just want to say that hopefully today you're motivated to do something. You're motivated to take your next step. And that's why when you came into the room, we gave you these cards. Because we just believe that everyone has a next step. And what I want to encourage you to do is to actually fill this out and drop this in one of our tall wooden boxes. Because people's eternities hang in the balance. And you never know what happens now could affect 10 years ago. I didn't know the investment in Paxton 10, 11, 12 years ago would help lead to today. What could it be for you? And how could you begin to change our culture here and in the triad and beyond? Fighting things like racism and terrorism by motivating others toward acts of love and good works. I want to challenge you to fill that out. We're about to sing a song that some of you are familiar with. It's, it's a classic in, in so many words. And it, the idea in this song, I'm going to give it away right here, is hold my hand. And there are people in our lives that need us to come alongside them and hold their hand to help them get to this place where they can motivate others toward acts of love and good deeds. So feel free to sing along. The band's gonna come out. They're gonna play a song. Feel free to sing along with them. They want that because if you don't, it feels awkward. And, and then be thinking about your next steps.